ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. Today I am going to share with you an update on my reading challenge for the year. So as I went through last year, I had set a reading goal, how many books I wanted to read, and at the end of each quarter, I updated you all and let you know what I had read, what I loved, what I didn't love so much, um, and just kind of gave an update on all the books that I had been able to read during those quarters. So this is the first one for 2022 quarter one reading challenge summary of the books that I've read. And I have read some really, really good books this quarter. I believe that I am ending the quarter right at about 20 books. Um, I might be a little bit off on my counting. I usually do not count the books that I read to the kids Now, like board books and just story books, I definitely don't count, but we have done some rather lengthy read-alouds so far in this year, and I think they deserve full credit. So I have tossed a few of those in, so that's why I'm not sure if I'm ending right at 20 or 21. Um, But anyway, I want to just quickly go through the books that I've read, just give you a highlight Because I could talk about probably all of these books deserve a whole episode of a podcast, and I don't have the time for that, and you don't have the time for that. So I just want to whet your appetite so that you get enough to think, okay, maybe this is a book that is of interest to me, and I want to look into that. Um, On some of the past episodes from last year, especially that first, my um, 2021 quarter one reading challenge, I shared a lot about making a reading challenge and where I find books. I get asked that a lot um, because... You know, I don't have a ginormous book budget, so uh, I share a lot of that throughout different reading podcasts last year. Um, So today, I'm just going to jump right in and share some of the content that I have been reading. My goal for this year is 50 books, and as you might have put two and two together, I am almost halfway there, which is actually doing really well. I did get a jump start in the year because there was probably four or five books that I had started last year that I did not finish until this year, so that carried over and gave me like a jump start into 2022. But lots of good books, and I can't wait to share them with you. So first up would be The Flirtation Experiment by Felicia Masonheimer and Lisa Jacobson. So I would give this four stars. This was kind of a tag team book that went back and forth between these two authors. And really, the whole idea was just written to couples who find themselves kind of in a spot in their marriage where... You just don't quite have the flame that you once did. Um, Life gets to be routine. Life gets to be busy. And sometimes that creeps into our romantic life and into our marriage. So they just give 30 different areas where you can add a little zing to your marriage. Really just practical advice. Um... You know, goodness, I'm trying to remember. There there are 30 areas, so many different things, whether it was just, you know, a a touch or a kind gesture or a word or an adventure together or date night 
or um, finding a new hobby, just different ideas um, written kind of from two different perspectives, two life experiences, um, two different stages in life where they just kind of gave some ideas on how you can rekindle that spark. So that was a really interesting book. I enjoyed that one. Um, Number two is Better Together by Pam Barnhill. This one is five stars. So you've probably heard me talk on here before or on social media about our morning basket time. We love morning basket time. That is part of our life routine slash schooling. Um, I've done a whole episode way early in the podcast on creating a morning basket routine. Um, But this is just kind of a set aside time where you work through different books, different activities. Um, And so Pam's book really delved into the potential of what morning basket can be for your family and then testimonies from other families of what it has been for their family. So as a homeschool family, it's just a great time as we kind of transition from like breakfast into school day. It's a great like 30, 45 minutes, depending on how the kids are that day, that we can just set aside a time where we all come together. Um, for our morning basket time, we sing hymns, we sing some Bible songs, we work on scripture memory. We have some different genres of books that we're rotating to through, um, some storybooks. Um, currently, we're learning about plants, so some different books about botany. We have some art books books. We have a book on manners, different things that we just rotate through. Um, Sometimes we do little activities, puzzles, and little finger poems. We have a big map on the wall, so we do some different map work. Um, But if you at all are interested in what a morning basket looks like or what it could be for you, and it doesn't just have to be in the morning, um, Better Together by Pam Barnhill is a wonderful book. Number three, Trusting God in Troubled Times by R.B. Olette. Um, so he is a pastor in Michigan that we have known of for a while phenomenal pastor. We always love hearing um, him preach. But this book, the subtitle of it is Developing Unshakable Faith for Unpredictable Circumstances. And I think we all are either currently there or have been there in the past or will be there in the future. Um, And in this book, he just shares really from 40 years of ministry. He shares Bible and biblical principles to help you as you go through the trials that life brings. Um, He's just got so many years of life experience and walking with Christ and ministry um, that it was just, it was a really good book. Very encouraging. Um, Number four is Fervent by Priscilla Schreier. This was such a good book. Um, It was such a challenge to my prayer life. When Priscilla writes, she does not beat around the bush at all. She hits the nail on the head. Um, She makes the reader keenly aware of spiritual warfare that is raging all around us. She opens our eyes to Satan's strategic attacks on our lives, our families, emotions, thoughts, marriage, children, um, and just the reality that the devil would love nothing more than to see us waste our time and energy on anything other than serving Christ and fulfilling the purpose that he's called us for. So she really gives from scripture some battle plans that we can put in place through prayer 
to hedge about different areas of our life and of our home, to protect and to gain ground, not lose ground as we're in the spiritual warfare with the devil. Um, And it, it was just such a challenge to me, not only to pray more, but to be so much more intense and passionate and specific as I pray for different things within my home. Number five is Help I'm Drowning by Sally Clarkson. I love Sally Clarkson. I've read probably half of the things that she's written and the other half are on my to-read list. Um, This book was really good too. I loved this quote. She says, Living as a victorious sailor through the storms of life requires the courage to trust him, the patience to wait it out by his grace, and the strength to find hope in his light in the midst. Um, I have yet to read a book by Sally Clarkson that I did not enjoy. And in this book, she just shares so much experience and testimony of different storms, different things that God has chosen for her family, for her, for her children to walk through, and how at times it it does feel like we are drowning in in things that life brings. But then the truth that we can combat with that, that God is our anchor. We will not drown. We will not succumb to the waves that are crashing against us as long as our anchor is Christ. And so just as she goes through um, marriage issues, struggling with different things with your children, sickness, heartbreak, disappointment from other believers, so many different things that can really shake us um, and cause us to have these feelings of, of overwhelm and depression and discouragement. She just shares truth and like I said, just years of, of experience and weathering the storms and looking back now on, you know, I, I think she's in her 70s, 70 years of a life where she strove to devote herself to Christ in, in the good times and in the bad times and speaks from that heart. Um, so that's a really good book. Number six was Everyday Talk About Sex and Marriage by John Younce. So this was more of like a little booklet written in a handbook style for parents to talk with their children about marriage and sex from a biblical perspective. The author gave some really good insight kind of on how to lay a foundation of biblical truth and character to instruct your children as they grow, as they mature in more specific conversations about sexuality. Um, Some of that was helpful, but I really felt like the author was really repetitive, um, especially for the book being so short. It's one thing to be repetitive when you have a lengthy book, but it was a little kind of handbook and a lot of things he said like over and over and over. And I was just kind of lacking in continued depth. Um, And then at the end of the book, it transitioned into some like conversations between a parent and a child talking about different things regarding sexuality, even some more like not just the birds and the bees, but some more awkward aspects of sexuality. Um, And I felt like the dialogues were not the dialogues that I'm hoping to have with my children. I feel like it still had that very like awkward, like sit down, let me just get this out, hear me out. And then we're going to go on and pretend we didn't have this conversation. Um, And, and, as Simeon and I, I mean, we've got young kids. We're not here yet. But as we pray and as we read about this topic and as we really think about how sex was presented to us within our homes, 
um, and how we want to maybe do that a little bit differently with our children. You know, I know so much of the purity culture of decades past was a very hush-hush, quiet, like, if we, like, parents almost had this idea, like, if we don't talk about it, then they won't be tempted with it, which is absurd. But anyway, another conversation for another time. Um, We just want to try to be very natural, um, very just conversational and really just let it flow out of life and have a relationship with our kids where we don't have to have this like weird, awkward, sit down, let me dump this information on you and then, okay, that's done. Let's move on. Um, So I I gleaned some from this book, but it's not the handbook that I want to use when the time comes and when we start talking about some of these things. Um, And, you know, already, even now, just being pregnant with the little ones, that has brought some questions. And I've, I've shared on here before, my oldest, my Eden, is a deep thinker for a five-year-old. Her questions blow our minds. And she has asked us some very specific questions. Um, and we've tried to answer those appropriately, but also truthfully and honestly, and in a way that we hope does not make her feel awkward or her feel shamed about what we're talking about, just in a reality of God created our bodies unique, male and female. He did that for a very specific reason. And there is beauty in what he designed within the confines of marriage. And that does lead to children. So anyway, again, I know I said another conversation for another time and here I go. But transitioning totally different topic number seven hearts of fire so this is a book put out by voice of the martyrs it's actually a free book that you can find on the internet Um, and this was so powerful this book shares the story of eight women who literally gave everything for christ i mean in the midst of persecution torture rape imprisonment so many things these women were resolved to be found faithful by the Lord. And each one, each story that I read, some of them had, you know, a a different form of persecution than maybe what another lady faced as it walked through the trials that Christians around the world are facing. And, and this is in like recent times, I mean, within the past several decades. And it was just amazing to hear their faith. And then also in some of the stories to hear the faith of their children that they as mothers were able to pass down to their children in the midst of some of the most horrendous circumstances. These mamas and these kids that just said, I am going to walk through the fire and be found faithful. I'm going to let it purify me. Um, And it was so challenging to me just to fall more in love with the Lord and really to recklessly abandon myself more to him no matter what the future would look like or what might come, what opposition might come. Uh, number eight, I read The Look by Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. This was a really short little booklet, um, but it was about modesty, which is an issue that I've had many of you ask me to talk about. So as I'm studying and preparing for an episode on that, I picked up this little booklet, actually at the recommendation of a friend, um, and it was really, really good. I, I love a lot of what I've read from Nancy don't agree with everything, um, but but it was really good the way she presented the booklet, um, and really it was actually written. It had like little quizzes and spaces to answer questions, so it'd be really good to use if you're trying to work through that issue with a teenager or something. Um, but she really emphasized the heart behind modesty as opposed to this is a list of do's and this is a list of don'ts, which very much resonates with 
what I have come to believe about modesty as I've studied God's word. I'm not going to get to any more of that right now because future episode coming soon, but that was a really good book. Number nine, Awaking Wonder, another Sally Clarkson book. 10 stars. Oh my goodness. I love this book. This is probably actually one of my favorite books. And as far as education, homeschooling, creating a lifestyle of learning, um, even if you're not a homeschool family, this is the first book that I would recommend to anybody to read. It is so good. It's actually my second time reading this book. I read it last year. Maybe it was 2020 when it first came out. I was part of her launch team for this book. So that's a cool little fact. I loved getting to help her get this book out there. Um, but it was just, it was so good. And you know, there's that quote, this is everything I never knew I ever wanted. Well, that's how I felt when I read this book. Um, I'm an education major. I went to Christian school up through fifth grade, started homeschooling sixth grade on. Education has always been a passion of mine. But as I became a mom, as I started having my own children, seeing their personalities develop, I just realized that what I had always experienced wasn't quite the educational model that I was looking for for our family. And I didn't know what that meant. I I didn't know what that meant beyond a traditional classroom style of learning. But my heart just yearned for something different and something more. And Sally was one of the first introductions to a different path. And when I read her book, and as I've just experienced other things that she's shared, and then from that, as I've had so many other mamas and homeschool moms pour into me through just so many different avenues, I realized this is what, this is what I wanted. This is what I was looking for. Just an approach. And it's in the title of her book, Awaking Wonder. So learning is more than just these, you know, like grueling eight hours a day where, oh, kids, I got to go to school. And then you come home, I got to do my homework. And, you know, as soon as I can turn off my brain, I just want to veg out. Uh, And not every kid responds that way to school, whether you're in whatever form of schooling you're in. Um, Not everybody feels that way. I loved school growing up. Simeon, not so much. Um, But we really wanted to create this, this life environment of learning where rich books, rich literature, um, exploring nature, deep conversations, all of us experiencing God as as creator, as author of beauty, as the one who is or, well-ordered, who has an order to the world. We, we wanted that to be our educational experience with our kids. And so this book has helped give me direction and clarity as I have sought that path. And again, we're a young family in the beginning of this, but I can already say that this approach to education has given us so many gems of, of life together, of learning And it's just, I look forward to what the future holds. Um, Number 10, Little Pilgrim's Progress. This was a read aloud that I did with my kids. And I gave a whole episode to talking about lessons that we learned from Little Pilgrim's Progress. And that came out like maybe a month or two ago. So jump back and listen to that if you haven't and if you have children. Because this book was phenomenal. It, I can go ahead and say it's going to be my favorite read aloud of the year. And I don't even know what all the read alouds we're going to do this year are. So good, but I'm not going to give more time to it since I did a whole episode. Um, Number 11, The Last Bookshop in London by Madeline Martin. 
it's been a long time since I have read a fiction book. Um, I used to only read fiction, which I don't think there's anything wrong with fiction. Um, but I read a lot of romantic fiction, um, and it was a time waster, honestly. And so the Lord kind of dealt with my heart about that. And then I kind of went in a slump where I didn't read for a long time. Then when I jumped in, I realized, I, hey, I'm a wife and a mom and a homemaker, and I don't know what I'm doing. So I got to glean from other people. And I realized, oh, there's so many helpful books out there. So I just went on this nonfiction binge where that's all I read straight for like two years. Um, so this year I heard about this book. It had really good reviews. It appeared to be very clean. So I thought, you know what, we're just going to get completely lost in a book. And if it keeps me up till 4 a.m., that's what I'm looking for. I want something that I just can't put down. And that's how this book was. It was set in World War II, very clean romance. Uh, And it was about books. I mean, what better historical fiction with clean romance and books? that's my kind of fiction book. Um, and the romance was really just a very small kind of subplot. Um, so that didn't really take away from the story. There were a few little instances of language in there, but it was, it was a really good book, just a fun book to kind of get lost in the story of. Okay, now the next two books I'm going to share are books that I would not recommend. Let me just clarify that before I jump in. The first one is The First 40 Days by Heng Ao, maybe? Um, so I'm doing some study in preparation for a soon-to-come episode with a dear friend on nourishing your postpartum body. So postpartum is not really something I've ever focused on in a pregnancy before. I focused a lot on the pregnancy with my last birth. In this birth, I focused a lot on the birth. Um, but beyond that, it was like have the baby and then just try to jump back into life as quickly as possible, which is very much kind of the American way of doing things. Like if you want to be super mom, then hey, three days postpartum, you need to have lost all the weight and be up with makeup and doing things and juggling all the stuff. Well, that is not the best thing to do for your body physically, emotionally, spiritually, for your relationship with your baby, for your relationship with the whole rest of your home. Insert a huge issue with postpartum depression. Um, So, okay, in the beginning of this book, it was interesting to read how the postpartum period looks in other cultures. Um, We really have a different view of postpartum than a lot of places around the world, especially like Eastern cultures. They like, okay, she's talking about in some of the Far East cultures, when you have a baby for those first 40 days, like you do nothing but sit in bed and take care of your baby. You sleep and you eat. She said they don't want you watching TV. They don't want you reading books because it could be a strain on the eyes, a strain on the mind, keep you from being able to rest. Other ladies in the extended family move in with you, take care of you, take care of your house, take care of your other kids, make you all these nourishing meals, and you just rest. Now, that is not practical for my life at all. There's there's just no way that's going to happen. But there are parts of this that I'm trying to implement. Again, that more of that's coming on a future episode. But why I did not like this book and why I would not recommend it is I think because it had so much of that Eastern influence, it had a lot of, of ritualistic, cultural, new age type philosophy that was woven into the practices of this period of postpartum. And that just really has no place in my life. Um, so a lot of it was just kind of 
dismissed. Um, then at the end, it did have some recipes for very nourishing um, postpartum foods. I think out of like several chapters of recipes, I pulled maybe three or four. It was a lot of like organ meats and seaweeds and just very unique ingredients that I don't know that I could swallow. So I gleaned some, um, I, I gleaned little tidbits from this one, but not one that I would recommend. <laughs> the next one is Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst. Okay, so this one kind of got me in trouble on Instagram. I shared that I read this and that I'm getting all of these messages like, I can't believe you read this book. And I know this is a very divisive topic and author. You either love her or you definitely do not love her. Um, so let me share my heart with this one. I knew reading this book that I was not going to agree with the author on a lot of things just because of what little I knew about some of her background, um, the church that she attends, some other books that she's written, some of her philosophy. So I read very discerningly, um, comparing scripture with scripture. This is a topic, forgiveness is a topic that I have really had to deal with in my own life, um, especially in my relationship with my mom. And that's some things that I've shared on the podcast before. Um, but... I, I did glean a few helpful things from this book, but I felt like the book was very much self-help. This is what my counselor said to do. Get out your note card and just gush all the things that are in your heart and then tear it up and throw it away and let that be a symbol of you breaking free. And, and I understand people work through things differently and you have your process and if note cards helped you, then great. Um, but when it comes to forgiveness, I want something that is heavy Bible because I really feel like we cannot forgive, especially these offenses. Like she's talking about stuff in the hard, hard, heartbreaking stuff, stuff that forever redefines your life. And I feel like when it is stuff like that, a note card is not going to help me. Like I need truth. I need Bible. I need this is what Jesus says to do to get victory. And that's not what I found in this book. Um, so I would not recommend this. Further research from all those messages that I received looking into this author. It's not an author that I would recommend, but I did read the book. Um, so it counts towards this quarter's goal. Next one uh, is Emma's for Mama by Abby Halberstadt. So I know this book is kind of like a rage right now. It's one of the top best-selling, I think, parenting books in like the Christian book world. Um, and I follow Abby on Instagram. She has such a sweet spirit, mama of 10 kiddos. I think she has like two sets of twins. Um, but again, don't agree with everything. Don't cross our T's and dot our I's the exact same way. But her her heart for motherhood is so refreshing. And it, it is what she wrote about in her book. It does defy cultural norms and stands on strong biblical convictions. And I appreciate that so much, especially in today's day and age. You know, people could look at her and be like, oh my goodness, you're a homeschooling mom of 10 who, you know, has, has side gigs and you're writing a book and like, oh, you must be tired. Poor you. And she was like, there's nothing I'd rather do. Like this is amazing. Being mom is wonderful. And then she just has so much scripture and different things put into this book too. As she just talks about some practical things to help you be the mama that Christ intended for you to be. 
Number 15, Memory Making Mom by Jessica Smart. I really, really liked this book. So as our kids are little, as we're thinking about family culture and traditions and what we want them to grow up and remember when they think of home, um, you know, a lot comes into play, especially around holidays or birthdays. You know, we're thinking like, what what do we want to make characteristic of the Brazel home. Um, and she had so many good ideas. I also love though, that while she gave so many ideas, she said, I know we're busy mamas. I know that some days you're just trying to like survive. So don't feel like if you're not doing all of these wonderful, you know, crafts and special activities and homemade desserts and all this, that your kids are missing out on a great childhood. Absolutely not. But she said, as you know, as seasons allow, as you get some wiggle room, try implementing different things to help create and foster these memories. And just the the reality that, you know, making childhood special for our kids and and giving them giving them this balance, finding an imbalance, finding a balance between what is important in the long term. The next book that I read is God Does His Best Work with Empty by Nancy Guthrie. You often hear the quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, Nancy presents a completely different opinion on that quote. And she proves from scripture that God does his best work with empty vessels. And I loved how much scripture was in her book and not like even your go-to scriptures all the time. I mean, she used some examples, some Bible stories, some Bible characters um, that were more obscure to help prove that it's hard to be empty. It's hard when you find yourself in an empty place, but God works through empty. And when God works through empty, the only one that receives glory is him because I I have nothing to offer. And so it was just, it was a really, really good book that I enjoyed. Um, And the next one is Childbirth Without Fear by Grantley Dick Reed. So he is a doctor that actually was a doctor back in the like 30s and 40s. Um, So he shared a lot about obstetrics and hospital protocol and the way women were having babies back then. Oh my goodness, be so thankful that we do not live in that period of history. Um, We've come a long way. Now, you've probably gleaned if you've listened to other episodes that I've done talking about birth and hospital birth and midwifery care and home birth and all those different things that I still feel like we have a long way to go. Um, You know, America ranks very low when it comes to C-section rates and some mortality rates, and that is a shame with us being such a developed country. Um, But this book just really shared some really good information as he was trying to see things change within the birth world and really embrace more of of a natural birth mindset of a, hey, this birth is not some sickness that you need to come and be healed of. It is a natural process that you work through, you labor through it. There's a reason it's called labor. And then on the end, you get this amazing reward. He also shares about the connection between fear, tension, and pain. And, And I know from my own birth experiences and from a lot of research that A lot of the pain that is connected and associated with birth is rooted in the mind, but it was amazing how he like proved scientifically that when you are fearful, 
it leads to tension. And when you have that combination of fear and tension within the body, he went into all these different ways that it negatively affects the body in direct opposition to what you need to have a successful, happy birth. Um, whether it's changing your bloodstream, your blood flow, your your muscles, your ability to relax, your ability to breathe, all these different things. So it was just so interesting. Um if natural childbirth or just childbirth in general is is a topic that is interesting to you, I did enjoy that book. Um, another one I read, we read Pippi Longstocking. That was a read aloud. That was just a fun, completely nonsensical book about this wild and crazy little girl that my Eden fell head over heels in love with. So we had lots of fun laughing through Pippi. Um, and then Family Driven Faith by Vadi Bocham was my husband and I's book that we read together. Um, So I shared at the end of last year what my reading goal for this year was. I want to read 50 books, and Simeon and I have set a goal that we will read one book together each quarter. So this was the book that we did. Unfortunately, we listened to it on Audible, and so now I'm going to have to buy it on Audible and buy a physical copy because it was that good. Like we should have, we should have both had our own copy with highlighters and notepads because the author talks about having this multi-generational real faith. So not just, okay, I want my kids to grow up and be saved and attend church three times a week and live decent moral lives. No, trying to invest into us first of all as parents and then watching that spill over into a real faith where our kids are so passionately in love with Jesus Christ, where they are so committed to serving him and living for him. And and that's going to look radically different than families in the world who who are not pursuing that path of Christ-likeness within their homes. Um, But teaching our kids how to do that and then that it's okay it's okay if you aren't the norm we aren't called to be the norm we are called to be a peculiar people but that there is such beauty in obedience to Christ and he just gave so many practical things i wish that again i wish i had the book in front of me but the whole thing would probably be highlighted so then it wouldn't really help me anyway um but i might have to revisit this one when I get it in hand and can really hone in on some of the things that he shared because it was just practical advice, parenting advice, but from a heart that loves the Lord, that wants to see his family have a deep love for the Lord and his children as they have this multi-generational faith, as they hopefully don't pass it just down to their children, but their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. And that is such a burden on my heart. So there you have it. Those are the books that I have read for 2022 so far. There are several others that I'm like halfway through, but they're not going to get finished in time. So they're going to roll over to quarter two. Um, but I will post in the notes, in the show notes, a blog link that you can follow where I've given a little synopsis of all these books, given a star rating, and the links that you can find them on Amazon in case you heard one and thought, oh, I want to check that out. Um, so... 
I hope this was helpful. I hope you got some good ideas for some books that you want to read. And I would love to hear from you guys and hear what it is that you're reading because I am always looking for new book recommendations. So feel free to email me, nohighercallingpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to hear from you, ladies. Look forward to joining you next week. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.